Hey everyone, this is Jesse, George, and Robert, and this is BitBytes, an analytical discussion about gaming. Thanks for joining us. Okay, so today we're talking about video game music, because we all like video game music, to different degrees maybe. Is it a competition? Is this a competition? No. This is, well, it might turn out to be a competition. It's pro maybe not a competition right now. But it might pull up our music apps one. and see how many replays on yeah. certain socks there are. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll know by the end of the conversation who's the most passionate. Not that it matters, and not that I'm saying that I am. I'm just saying we'll know by the end of the conversation, just based so on how it goes. I'll let you be the judge of that. Okay. I'm just gonna put this out there that like I cannot describe why I love music so much. <laughs> so I'm gonna try to stumble through why I go crazy over certain tracks so have fun interpreting so yeah let's all stumble through this entire podcast i was one of those weird kids who like didn't really like listening to music and then when i discovered video game music i was like oh great there's not really lyrics to this because <laughs> <laughs> i think i just wanted like background tracks and i didn't want the distractions of someone singing yeah <laughs> no, that's fair enough i'm partial to instrumental stuff as well not exclusively, I'm like a half and halfer, probably, but. Mm -hmm. I always thought video game music was kind of like this forbidden realm that you could never access um, until I finally figured it out how to access it, but it always just felt like, oh, it's just in the game, I won't ever be able to like download this or anything like that. What well, do you mean? How, like owning it for yourself? Like being able to download the actual tracks and play it through like an MP3 player or something like that. I was just like, oh, the only time I'm gonna be able to listen to this is when I actually play the game. Sometimes I'll turn on a video game, and just the title screen is rolling over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> just to listen to the music. But my mind was like, my world was destroyed when I like figured out some of my favorite tracks and I was able to download them and put them on my iPod at the time. Yeah, so you were torrenting? Is that what was going on? Only ones that I had already purchased the games. Oh, of course. Just, so you technically own it. <laughs> right. I imagine with the, the latest Smash Bros. announcement, you know, when they're like, you can take your Switch with you and listen to music even outside the game, <laughs> which is ridiculous now. Yeah. But, like, little George would probably be so stoked about that. Oh, my that. God. Uh, yeah, I would <laughs> lose my mind. <laughs> Putting everything in historical context, I guess, or start at the beginning, right? Like, why is video game music so significant? And I, the earliest I can remember are the iconic, like, is it 8-bit sounds mm -hmm. from arcade games, like the Pac-Man theme, Tetris theme, Galaga, all that. A lot of times, I think, in addition to all the bright flashing lights, those, like, home screens, music, the the jingles, really, like, is one of the selling points to a, to one, to a game. Like, oh, no, come over here, come play us, right? And I think the minute you, you start up one of those games, like, those melodies are really iconic and they're really simple and repetitive, but I, I mean, I think that's the foundation of a good video game theme starts with a really strong uh, melody, which is why I think Nintendo is so successful. But I think like the origins of those really successful melodies, tunes started with these old arcade games. You immediately know what that is. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
they're memorable enough where you can kind of just be like, oh, this game, and then you can at least get through like the first, like the hook, basically. Yeah, if, if you don't remember the theme like off the top of your head, which I don't expect anyone to, like the minute you start he- you hear it, you'll know. Yeah. yeah, no, that's really good. It's good groundwork because it sets precedent for expectations moving forward. Like there's that whole transition coming out of the arcade space where video games got into your home a lot of that transition was like Atari doing it directly and failing and then Nintendo being like, oh no, the games have to actually be good. <laughs> and I think part of the like the quality was all-encompassing and it definitely included music um, getting a major upgrade, not like technologically, but I think there was more effort put into actually composing music versus, like you were saying that some of the earlier stuff is simpler which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I think there is something to be said about like um, intentionality and like some level of complexity put into video game music because it's so, you're gonna hear it a million times and you're gonna get sick to death of it if it sucks or if it's too simple or if it's not arranged in a way that has like the listener actually in mind. So it's like even things like the sound bite for the death. Like um, in Mario? Like, you're going to grow to hate that sound. Every time you die, you associate it with that sound. It means failure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Having, like, less tools to work with forces them, if they want to make a good tune, to, like, make a great melody. Um, where, like, now you have access to, like, fully orchestrated soundtracks. Like, sometimes it become a bit washed out. The sound can. Like, it's not as distinctive. Mm-hmm. Um because you can like cover it all up with all these different instruments. And <laughs> mm. But a lot of times people, when they look at video game history, they associate graphics with like, where were we at this point in time? But I think a lot of people forget that sound is like just as important a factor of like, where was the sound technology in these video games? Like anybody who hears like those arcade tunes, those 8-bit sounds are immediately gonna be transported back to the 80s, 90s um, with those games. And then you have your MIDI sound, which, you know, not fully there yet, but sounds a lot better, but it still sounds computerized. But now, like, you expect orchestrated soundtracks in your great games. And, And, like, I think you, just by listening to a soundtrack, you can easily place where that game falls in history. So what's the golden era, Jesse? Because you seem to be dissatisfied with the muddy live orchestra of the modern day and then the the over, overly simplified Not at all. Beginning. I think you... No, no, I'm just saying they can be bland because they have the um, access to full live orchestra. <laughs> so, no. Uh, some of my favorite songs are all wonderfully orchestrated. But it's like the the old songs didn't don't have that to rely on. They just have good tunes to rely on. Mm-hmm. And it's it is interesting because like there is a technical limit to capacity to realize whatever like musical vision you have for a particular game based on the tools available at the time. But at least in theory, music doesn't change. Or the way that the way that the process for arranging music or writing a good song or whatever. At the end of the day, you still need well arranged notes on paper. 
So, yeah, that's mm -hmm. why I, I think a lot of uh, the classic favorites in our long-running licenses are wonderful because they have the roots and really well-made arrangements. Hmm. So an example of that would be... Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> no, that's a good one, which is... Legend of Zelda. Yeah, and everybody knows what that is. You get a little, like, a shot of adrenaline and endorphins go off in your body. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Ooh, I, I found something. <laughs> okay, so video game music has a couple different ways that it interacts with games and players. And I've broken it down into two major categories. And tell me if these are not fleshing things out enough for you. Music will do one of two things in games typically. It exists to either create a feeling that is non-distinctive and it's just supposed to elicit you're in an ice level or you're in a desert level. And so we're going to do things that are like very, you know, kind it's of music like, from a culture that like their landscape and their geography is kind of catered towards whatever place you would put that music. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So like, which exactly, which are three in my mind, it's not super distinctive. It's not like it has a heavy hook. It's not really written for that reason. It's written to fit the game well. In that game, it does a great job of setting tone. So when you're exploring, it increases whatever feeling you're getting from all the visual information. And it matches that on whatever it is. Like, you know, you're walking around and it's kind of subtle and then you get into a battle sequence and then it ramps up. And then the second major category for the way that video game music can be used is kind of the opposite of that, where it's not just like a padding for an environment to make you feel like you're in a place. More in the category of like a show tune, and it's written for heavy hook, and it's written for like you to walk away from the game and have an association with a particular melody harmony combination that immediately calls to mind whatever that game is. I don't know. I mean, basically every Nintendo game does this extremely well, or at least the major IPs, they do have a really long history of doing this really well, but it's like you can get away with just taking like a single line that one person with one voice can hum and you can immediately be like, oh yeah, that's Mario or whatever it is. You could see it as a continuum of having it being more of a setting a tone versus creating a memorable experience that's tied to a particular game. I feel like you also find like the music that people really start to recognize and stuff like that is from pre-existing IPs that are being revamped or renewed. Like there's another iteration in a trilogy or something like that, or it's a sequel. Um, and so those I feel like become more iconic that maybe like as a standalone thing wouldn't necessarily, there are games that do that. But I feel like it's also like games where you have a reoccurrence. Like Mario, I think partly because it's the reason that it is so iconic is because it's still something that's being, has new life being breathed into it today versus just like two or maybe three games that were done back in the 80s and then kind of forgotten about. This continued to stay relevant because mm -hmm. they keep using it. Yeah. And there's different reiterations of those themes that are rearranged. Uh -huh. But how do you write something that's like, it's always this like thing every time they come out with a game, the expectation is like, oh, well, the originals. 
Mm-hmm. How are you going to live up to that? Yeah. I feel for, you know, composers who are asked to write the 14th soundtrack of a long-running IP and keep the feel of the original but do something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, why are you asking me to do this? <laughs> I don't know. I. It's almost like it's remix upon remix upon remix upon remix. And some of them are fine. And some of them are like, eh, well, they just feel like the game. That's all that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think... Uh, it depends on the intent of the game. Like if it's, oh, this, like, I feel like people on some level know that like this new game is going to be, I want to say like groundbreaking, but is taking it in a new direction, the franchise or whatever. And so I feel that those people who are charged with creating a new score or a new arrangement have more of a bigger playing field than something that's maybe just like a spinoff of the series or something like that. I think generally that tends to be true. Nintendo amazed me with, cause like it started to, the more more Mario games they spit out, the, you know, you start getting that samey feel, like how is this different? But then they released (laughs) Super Mario Galaxy. Complete, like the music felt completely fresh. Um, It still felt Mario, but like, it's absolutely wonderful. There's very distinct tracks for each world inside the game, and it's still tied in very well with the original Mario theme, which they did several times. And it, it's like almost, I mean, there's only two of them, but it almost feels like its own branch off the Mario music collection. Um, like if I hear a galaxy theme, I'm gonna recognize, oh, that's a galaxy, a Mario galaxy game, not just a normal Mario game. I think sort of Odyssey has a similar feel. Like, I wouldn't compare it to like, you're just your Wii U Deluxe you know, right. Super Mario game. Like, it right. feels like its own, which I think they should continue to do with these like significant new games they're doing. I also feel like, at least for the games that are currently being pumped out by Nintendo for Mario, is the spin-offs don't really feel like spin-offs. They just feel like other iterations of Mario because there's not like a new Super Mario Brothers 23 or something like that. They're pretty high up there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the the newer ones like Super Mario Galaxy, Mario Kart and all that kind of stuff doesn't feel like spin-offs. It feel like just like they are a part of the franchise. I think that's why Galaxy succeeds so well is because they have the DNA of Mario and then they wrap it in this other texture that's distinct, but it still has the heart of Mario in it. Yeah. Like when I, whenever it's a side-scrolling Mario game, um, that's when I think, okay, this is another like, here's Mario 4, 5, it's like, like, you know, they don't label it like that, but oh, this one, they're going to a 3D camera perspective. I, I consider that different in my head. Yes, it's all under the Mario umbrella. Yeah, there's a 2D, 3D distinction. Mm-hmm. I think they the way that they develop the games even acknowledges that. Yeah.
So I this is part of the soundtrack from Divinity Original Sin, the first one. And it sucks because I don't know who composed this stuff, but they were just like, let's take the most annoying, repetitive, short <laughs> phrase that's not interesting and we'll just loop it endlessly. But it has all of the, you know, kind of like fundamental requisite pieces that you stack on top of each other to create this like fantasy medieval world. So on paper, the person did their job, but then when you listen to it, it's like, please just kill me right now because it's a freaking nightmare. And this is what you're listening to when you're going through an extremely slow paced, heavy RPG, super detailed game where you're clicking like probably 50 times to do a single thing. So this is like, this would be a great game to have some level of interest going on with the music where you, it's not just like, makes you want to die. It's terrible. So now a good example. I really liked it because I felt with this one and then again with the third one, they were going into more of like a darker territory with the series. Um, Cause like the first one is kind of your normal Metroid adventure. It's just done in a 3D landscape with, you know, really nice graphics. That's a good game. Yes. Uh, and then the second one, they, they added the character Dark Samus, which was like, I guess is kind of considered her arch nemesis. And so it was a very dark character. And they also include, they added, you know, a darker alternate dimension to the world that you play in. And there's a lot of mystery and, and whatnot when you're playing the game and trying to figure out, you know, why is, you know, why is it that what's happening, you know, to these people and stuff like that. And I don't know, I just, I feel like the, the intro um, to that, it's just like the opening title sequence and stuff like that is, is very fitting. Whenever you throw in a choir, you know it's gonna go down. <laughs> like, oh no. No, I, yeah, that's always been a running thing. And whenever I hear a choir, it's like something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. I also feel it's really hard to nail a good choir arrangement because choir in and of itself sounds really good. Um, I, I feel it's really hard to make something that really stands out and not only stands out, but fits really well with whatever uh, the setting and tone is for a game or whatever. But this is a good example of them pulling it off. Yeah. I'm always conflicted about MIDI choirs. I do not think they sound good. Um, never satisfied with them because like you, you just can't have that smooth transition between notes. But with this one, I think it's sort of worth, this is the first time I've heard this bit, because it's like that sci-fi, techy, other world um, type of game. It's I such a it cool works. intro, too. Like, when before the actual main title comes up and you press start to go to the main menu, uh, just the way that they reveal just kind of the your window into the game is really cool, I think. It all ties together. I could also be biased, though. It sounds like you might Because like I freaking it, so. love Metroid. 
No, Jesse, I think you're right. It's uh, because of the nature of the world building and even with the time that this was made, because it's a GameCube game. Mm-hmm. We're in space, we're a bounty hunter and everything is like super futuristic and nothing is even remotely related to actual everyday life. So they can do a MIDI thing with the choir and it can sound choppy and synthetic and it's fine, it works because it plays into the aesthetic that they're going for. And I'm guessing this came out after Halo. And for me, I've never, I played Halo a little bit when I was younger, but like that, there's that like, that one song that really stuck out for me that I feel like became that franchise's core theme. Then I believe that has a strong MIDI choir element to it. So I associate now a lot of times that MIDI choir with space. Um, so I think it, it works. It's like, that's one of the go-to sounds for space sci-fi games yeah it's hard to ignore the success of a game like that and then not kind of at least pull from it a little bit Mm -hmm. you bring up a cool point of how music history stacks upon itself and even within the sub genre of video game music there's this kind of uh borrowing from other people and if this thing works then we're going to do it for a while and then this other person does something original and then they in- integrate it into like the larger language. There's there's so many soundtracks now with modern games that I love, but a lot of times I don't appreciate them until I'm just like pulled, pulled up a playlist online and I'm listening to it as I'm working on something. And I don't, because I'm so busy playing the game in the moment, sometimes I don't notice like really cool musical things they do until I'm just listening and concentrating on the music. Um, which is, you know, a few things that we'll be talking about later. But yeah. there's like a lot more flexibility for composers to be really clever, especially with the long-running IPs, and they have a nice backlog of like really cool themes to play with. of backlog of really cool things to play with. Zelda. Zelda, everyone. While there's like a lot of really strong individual themes for environments and characters before we get into specific tracks, I think that... Robert, you brought up that this the dark world theme and Link to the Past is one of those overworld themes that I think really stuck around as being a, a strong melody that's not annoying, that fits the landscape, um, and has definitely been brought back in future iterations and remixes. But this is a song that I'll still listen to today and be interested in. Mm, so good. Let's listen to it for just a second. Okay, so there is no melody right off the bat. It takes a second to get into the melody, which at this point in the game is totally crucial because you've been playing, it's not actually half the game, but you've been playing the first section of the game in the quote unquote light world or the normal overworld. And this is your first time being in this upside down world. It's familiar, but it's more 
dark and scary and different. And you kind of get a chance to calibrate to it. And I feel like that's enough time to set tone. So you set tone first and then come in with a strong hook, which is like, and you're getting a lot of information from just that little bit here, which is like the existing overworld theme from the first Zelda that gets reused in this game is extremely fanfare it's very heroic and it's epic and it's larger than life and it's kind of like this um i don't know it's like you're supposed to get swept up in this like triumphant feeling um it's like the main thing that it elicits so now it's that being flipped upside down it's still an overworld theme you're gonna hear it a million times it's the same world just slightly different i don't know i get an impression you guys tell me what you get from this music but like it has a strong marching rhythm but a lot of the melody harmony is actually kind of sad, it has like a sorrowful, defeated kind of feeling, even though it still does have that epic flair to it. So it's related, but it has like kind of a twist and a little bit of a different tone to match what's changed in the game. I wouldn't necessarily say sad, um, because there's definitely other examples I'll be touching on later that I'm like, wow, that's sad. But it's almost like, yes, darker, um, I would say challenging would be the word. Like, like you said, you're halfway through, right? And those first eight bars are very important to me. To me, that's a ramp up sound. That's that's a in every Zelda game when you first come across your 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 giant your equivalent of the Hyrule field, right? You come out of your small town into the big world. That's what I hear. Like that's in my head. That's normally what they provide. And the fact that you're getting this halfway through the game and you're entering a new world, a new dark world. I think that's significant. I'm glad they did that. Like, okay, we're gonna throw you in the deep end here. So I'm glad they didn't just go straight on into it. As a avid Zelda fan, I love, I love hearing musical references to old games. It gives um, the moment you're in deeper meaning. It's connecting it to those emotions you when you hear that song from other games. I don't know about you all, but music is heavily linked to emotion for me. Um, if you have a wonderful soundtrack, it can manipulate how I feel. Even if, you know, the scene isn't that great or the voice acting is ridiculous. It's or, the emotional you know. <laughs> undercurrent of the of whatever's happening. Yeah. So same in movies, but in video games, um, that's where it really shines because up to now, a lot of times you had to make up for lack of like good graphics and cutscenes and maybe some bad voice acting. So music picks up a lot of slack or no voice acting at all in Zelda games. So. It, it's the voice of the game um, and it sets the tone so I also feel at the time though that it didn't feel like that like looking back at like old Zelda games and like old games from like the 80s and 90s and stuff like that it's like at the time it was just like holy freaking crap because you're saying that it's it's harder to convey that emotion and stuff in the earlier games because graphics were poor quality and people were still really mastering how to like develop games and stuff like that compared to where technology is today. I'm saying I think they still convey the emotion because of the music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they were able to succeed with poor graphics. Um, because of the, the music. Because was great. of the music. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And now, you know, sometimes like I think what Robert was talking about earlier, the music is lacking because they're like, oh man, look at this. What what's the tech when they do like the face tracking, <laughs> modeling after real actors? Motion capture. Look how well these yeah the motion capture. 
It's got oh. all these things going for it. Uh, the music, it doesn't matter that much. This seems like edited really well. It has great it's shots, like camera angles. and <laughs> oh, the cinematography. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, you still need some good music with that. At least I think so. I, for damn sure. I, I definitely. Um, so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Nintendo, everyone knows, Nintendo's always like trying to catch up to the others when it comes to graphic fidelity, and they're not necessarily trying to catch up. They're doing things at their own pace. Um, but by having wonderful music, they still shine. The first Zelda game I ever played was Twilight Princess. And the minute I just, I just said with this uh, Link to the Past example, the minute you enter Hyrule Field for the first time, That transitioning from small town farmhand to he the hero of the game, like to me, that entrance into Hyrule Field is very important. And having that swell of music that backs you up, that triumphant fanfare music, is really important. Um, and then, you know, going backwards and playing the other Zelda games, that's always held true. Um, you're probably going to be spending most of your time. <laughs> on this overworld, so you better make sure the music's good and that you feel like the hero that you're supposed to be. Absolutely, that is such a good point. Mm -hmm. It validates the story. Mm -hmm. I don't know, because I guess you're always asking, like, why should I believe that? Why should I believe that? When you're playing the game and they're presenting this narrative to you, that's totally not real. And yeah, it has a lot of currency when you can, like, oh man the Hyrule Field theme from Twilight Princess is so good. Is. I don't remember the exact moment I heard it for the first time, but I, it was just like, it's- Did you it hear it outside the game or in the game? No, in the game. Yeah, well, you, you hear it the first time when you, because the whole time you're trapped in pretty forested area. Like you don't see wide fields at all. Um, it's the town and it's small, windy roads. You go, you actually go through the first temple before you even get into the field. Like you're in the forest, you're in small rooms, and that first moment you get onto the field feels awesome. So. <laughs> I also think too that music and story aren't separate, they're together. Like they're one thing. You don't have, like music is a part, is a character in and of itself. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that might be tied to the general trend of things getting more cinematic in terms of like presentation of storytelling and gaming just generally because that is 100% true. It's like in, you know, in filmmaking world, that's always the case. And I mean, that's why your modern, beautiful looking shooters that don't really have a story. Do you do you know any tunes from that? No, I couldn't. I couldn't pull a single because they don't—they don't really care about story narrative. Um, it's about the gameplay, so why would they care about the music? They just have to make it good enough that you don't uh, go crazy while playing. Oh, that's the Call of Duty song. I love that song, the hmm. Call of Duty song. So good. The main theme from Call of Duty. <laughs> I'm gonna hum it right now. <laughs> oh wait, I don't know it because no one does. You're right, George. Like I think story and music go hand in hand together. I'm gonna go back to this Hyrule, Twilight Princess Hyrule Field theme. They did 
a really awesome job of blending that theme into the different areas of the world. So it's not just the field. Um, like you were talking about earlier about how a lot of games now will just do an overlay background noise that fits the stere you know, stereotype of what that world, that area would be like in the desert or in the snowy mountains. You can hear the Hyrule Field theme inside of those themes in Snow Peak. They change the instruments to fit the, the feel of the area you're in, but it's there. I almost view it as like, that's Link's theme. Mm. I, that's awesome. No, I love that yeah. idea. Because even when you look at a map, if you look at a top down, it's like Hyrule Field is connected to all these sub areas and they all have distinct flavors, but it's all part of the adventure. So yeah. the music reflects that. Yeah. Which is, mm, yeah. that's it's so awesome. good. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, to your point, George, too, the, not the very first couple of Kirby games, but when Kirby went 16-bit, that first game, they had new composers and they considered the, there isn't a whole lot of story to pull from there. So to say that it matches story is maybe inaccurate. Well, yeah, a lot of games don't have like a, in a sense, like an actual story, but I would, I would say that there is a story that the player goes through in playing the game, even if the game itself doesn't have a story. Yeah, like it gets harder as you play, more challenging, and eventually you hit that climax of like, you beat the hardest level, the final boss, and the music tends to reflect that. So to keep talking about Zelda, <laughs> because that's who yes. I am. <laughs> Please do. Um, I just wanted to call out some really cool things that the later Zelda games have done with their music that really gives them historical awareness and some continuity within the larger Zelda series. Uh, and that's something that these long running licenses can do. And I don't think it's something that necessarily Mario can do as easily because it's not story oriented where the Zelda series does have uh, more story to it and each modern game that comes out, you know, contributes more and more to that. Um, for example, in Twilight Princess again, the wolf songs that you have to learn are all songs that are in previous Zelda games. So Ocarina of Time um, has a lot of those, a lot of those sage songs are repurposed uh, for the wolf songs. And a lot of people think, oh, that's just like a cop out. But I, I sincerely do not think that. I, in context of the story, you're learning from the past hero in Ocarina of Time. So if he's teaching you his skills and like, you know, his, passing on his knowledge, it would, it makes sense to me that he'd use songs relevant to him in that game. Minna's theme, I think, is really interesting. Talking about dark themes. It's so good. It's it's wonderful. And it's those those first three notes, too. It, it's really short, but it's significant. Minna is the, you know, mirror side of Zelda. It's like 
she plays that same role in her role that Zelda plays in this world. Spoiler and alert if you haven't played the game. <laughs> yeah. No. It's been out forever. You're, yeah. Come on. <laughs> There's been an HD remake. Yeah. <laughs> so, a remake. Um, that, you know, everyone knows the Zelda theme, right? Like, da-da-da-da. Hers are the same notes, just different pauses on it. Da-da-da-da-da-da. But, you know, just by playing it a bit differently, a bit in a minor theme, you know, she's the negative version. Um, she's the flip side. Something that Skyward Sword did with its main theme, which people freaked out about after the trailer came out, and then people who uh, have a really good ear <laughs> noticed right away. That main song, the main theme of Skyward Sword, uh, Ballad of the Goddess, is a inversion of Zelda's lullaby. Um, that's awesome to me. Um, Again, some people think that's a cop-out. I'm like, wow, that's a good piece of music if it still sounds good backwards. <laughs> so that's awesome. And then even, and I'll, this is a whole nother rant, but I didn't like Breath of the Wild music as much because of the lack of it. I think there's an argument to be made for, you know, you're alone in this this large world and you feel out of place and you're not gonna have music to support you. It's more like ambient nature sounds um, and really, really subtle music. But the few times you did hear music, a lot of times those are themes pulled from past games. Um, either you're getting your memories back and it's like you're becoming the hero you were. Um, so you're getting that music back. You're getting that music from the other games. You are um, the hero. Like I think the Temple of Time in Breath of the Wild has the Temple Time music from Ocarina of Time. Actually, like, all the Zelda games always have the Temple Time theme in it, if there's a temple. Um, that's played really slowly. Actually, they do this in a lot of places. Like, if there's a theme from an old Zelda game, they just play really slowly and subtly. You have to speed it up to really recognize what it is. Hmm. One of the f few moments I really freaked out about music in, and, and I guess sound effects too, in Breath of the Wild was when you get the Master Sword, like the true Master Sword, I think this was DLC content actually, but you hear it too in the last final memory and it was so rewarding to hear it. Like you, you got your last memory, you got the final true Master Sword and you're rewarded with this. So obviously everyone recognizes the little sound effect, the fee is coming out of the sword sound effect. And I think that's what people pick up on. But I love that I heard like, half of that little theme played really slowly on the piano of Fee's theme like that was so significant for me I love Skyward Sword I love the story in that I loved Fee so connecting the in their quote-unquote timeline Skyward Sword the first game connecting the creation of the Master Sword with this latest version was super significant for me and I think that's done all the time in these games you hear Zelda's lullaby all the time and when you hear it you know it's significant pay attention or it could be really like silly little uh jingles like bow opening the chess theme is pretty much always the same and i never want it to go away <laughs> they really they have a lot of room to play in zelda games when it comes to music and there's not many other game series, I think, that are able to do this. Yeah, definitely rich history with music there. So I'm gonna really quickly add on to the your Zelda fan girling. Mm -hmm. 
Saria song from Ocarina of Time is inverted in Majora's Mask, and it's called Song of Healing in that game. The function of the song, people who need to let go of things from the past or need some kind of restoration in their life, they have a uh, internal conflict of some sort going on, you play the song and then it's all good, which is really interesting Compositionally, it doesn't immediately make sense, I guess, when you think about the way that Surya's song is used in Ocarina of Time because it's the Lost Woods theme. It's related to your relationship with Surya, obviously. The main uh, narrative function of it in the story, I guess, would be Darunia. You play it for him, he freaks out, and then you get access to behind the scenes. The, the door slides open or whatever. It's kind of a weird thing to bridge. I feel like I'm kind of making things up a little bit. It might just be like, he's like, oh, I need music, I need to invert this. And okay, cool, it sounds good. But I want to believe that because the Lost Woods is the beginning setting of Majora's Mask, and it's a inversion of a lot of things that were in Ocarina of Time, again, you can be like, oh, they just were recycling assets that use the same engine and the characters are just slightly altered so they could have another game and make money. But I want to believe that it was done on purpose to create a rich experience for people who have played the other game when they go into this game, even if you don't immediately make that connection with the inversion of the melody. It's made thematically in a bunch of different ways, like the characters. No, it completely works thematically. Like, it's Surya's song, right? Who's Surya to Link? That childhood friend. It's that moment from going small town, boy to larger world. She's that bridge. She's literally, the one they're on that the bridge. gives him the ocarina. They're literally on a bridge. <laughs> and he's the one that's like, it, I interpreted that as like, they had that like little silent scene between them as like, she's sort of like letting him go off into the world. Like, go do it. Conquer your fear. Um, and so like, that's a healing moment for him in my mind. So, I think it makes perfect sense that it's sort of like he's using that version of the song to um, to heal others. Freaking brilliant. Yeah. And I would say that same inversion, like when I mentioned earlier, the Skyward Sword theme, the Battle of the Goddess, relates to Hylia in my mind, who, inversion of that, Zelda's lullaby. It's Zelda. They're the same person. So it's definitely not just a gimmick, not lazy writing. Um, I think it's actually really hard to make a tune backwards sound good, so yeah, that's pretty cool. It's so rewarding as a fan to have that level of thought put into the story and the music. Yeah, yeah. and that Song of Healing keeps showing up in the newer games too. Like that's, I think, one of the wolf songs in um, Twilight Princess. And I believe the Song of Storms, did that come from Majora's Mask or from Ocarina of Time? Ocarina of Time. Um, that one comes back in a significant way in Wind Waker. Man, that overworld theme, the Great Sea song. I feel like an adventurer, like a master of the sea whenever I listen to that. Never get tired of it. That game has some real timeless music, like Dragon Roost Island, mm -hmm. oof. Hey, they reused the Rito theme in Breath of the Wild for the town. They're like, well, it's the same race, so we're gonna <laughs> use it. They didn't do that for the Gerudo and the Goron. They sound similar. It's sort of that same. The environment sounds like this race, mm -hmm. but they use the exact same song for the Rito. It's that good. Mm -hmm.
I think up to now we've been talking about music and it's more connected to either like a license, like, oh, that, that Mario music, not necessarily is like character driven music, but it's like you associate it with Mario and with Zelda, it's, it's both you associate it with the Legend of Zelda series and it has a very strong story element. I think there's a lot of music in games that, or sound design elements that are made specifically tailored for a specific mechanic in a game or like that like help a item aqu- acquisition or like opening certain doors or like accessing certain levels and that sort of stuff yeah but they're like they're not generic they are yeah. specifically for that game right something about the new spider-man game that i absolutely love is um sort of like Zelda. whenever you get up in Breath of the Wild, when you get up really high to a really tall skyscraper, it gets silent. It's like you just hear the wind and like the distant sound of the city below. But if you jump off a really tall skyscraper, it immediately, I don't know what the musical language for this is, but it's like you get a ramp up free falling music that doesn't go it's into a swell. the main hook. Yeah. Before you, like it won't do it. It won't go into the hook until you shoot your first web once you're close to the ground. That's awesome. That's it it makes free falling that much more fun. It makes you want to wait till the last possible moment before you face plan on the ground. That's like a really cool musical feature. I'm really glad they tied to this game mechanic yeah yeah it's so rewarding because you're getting uh, audio feedback from your interaction with the game so your agency is informing the sound design in a way um and specifically with this such a good example because it it pulls from so many different things because it's not just that it's also I, I don't know. I kind of get a vibe from the first Spider-Man film when I see that, <laughs> like in a good way, because I felt like the, even though the music isn't like blow your brains out awesome, they do do a good job of when the moment is there, they increase your capacity for the feeling that the narrative is su- suggesting. You're getting kind of the same effect here. And the euphoria of swinging through between buildings, you know. 40 stories up in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, you see it in movies too. And like, it works really well for the Spider-Man game because it's obviously IP based that people can easily connect to the movie soundtracks. Um, but like, it, it just the one piece of music that probably you could pull from the Marvel Cinematic Universe that people will recognize is the Avengers theme. And almost every time before they play the fanfare logo on the screen, they'll do a little ramp up just like this before the full fanfare of the Avengers theme plays. So it's like, to this, in my mind, it's like ramp up before Spider-Man swings into the city. Yeah. Are, are there any other games you guys can think of where you felt like the music was specifically tailored to exactly what you were doing in the game? I have a legendary example and I can't wait to share it. Banjo-Kazooie. So, yeah. So, Banjo-Kazooie is one of my favorite games of all time. It's mostly nostalgia. I know it doesn't hold up now, but whatever. It's fine. Basically, anything Grant Kirkhope does, I'm a huge fan of. I think he's understands how composing for games is extremely important, and he's built an entire career around that. So, this is one of the earlier projects that he worked on, and there's a 
mechanic in the game where the music dynamically changes based on where you are in a level. So there are main themes for all of the, like there's a hub world, and then there's like a mini hub world where you go to all of the worlds. It's kind of like the, uh, it's very similar to Super Mario 64 where you start outside the castle, you go into the castle, which in this case is a lair, and then there are subworlds inside of there that all have their own flair. For each of the subworlds, when you get close to them, when you're inside the lair, it's still playing the lair theme, but it does a slow fade into a what we were talking about earlier. It's like you're going up to the desert subworld, and it's got like a little bit of an Egyptian flair. Like it'll fade in, kind of similarly to because it's not totally original. It's similar to Super Mario World, where when you get on Yoshi, it just adds in the rhythmic gallop. So here, I feel like using it in Banjo-Kazooie, is it's not as powerful as Spider-Man, but you are getting extra value here, I guess, and it's just more interesting. Instead of hearing the same thing over and over and over again, it's like through playing the game, there's variation, and I don't know, it adds something to what otherwise would be a much more flat experience. So it goes from being four orchestral arrangement that has all the sections playing at once. It's the same exact piece, but go underwater, you get a single instrument. It's just marimba, but it's still playing all of the bass harmony melody parts. It's just completely stripped down. And I think what's cool about this is there is some sense of like, you know, when you go underwater, you get a muffled... I think that's what's going on here. Yeah. And you get a corollary to that in certain levels when you go into like a subroom. If it's a cavern or something, the reverb gets cranked all the way up and then you get like a boiled down version of the main theme for the subworld. So that's awesome. It's the music is being placed within the game instead of just being in like a track that's lying on top of it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it just adds something, so yeah, either of you ever heard of a game called Brutal Legends? No. So if you, I believe it came out, it might have been a, it was made by Double Fine. It may have been only a 360 game, I can't remember. Um, anyway, the game's main protagonist is voiced by Jack Black and has a lot of characteristics of Jack Black. But basically, it's like Guitar Hero, and a fantasy RPG, a dark fantasy RPG mesh together. And so you play as this roadie on this epic quest to defeat this evil demon lord in this very dark fantasy world where everything is heavy metal related. So like the enemies that you fight, the environments that you are in and stuff like that are all related to heavy metal and just that whole uh, culture. But what's really cool about it is there are certain musical cues and solos that you have to play in order to progress in certain areas, but also to access certain powers. Because one of your weapons is an actual guitar. And so you rip like crazy solos to like, you know, defeat demons and stuff like that, which I think is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is a great natural lead into a topic I wanted to cover is music, not just as a serving the purpose of music. It's as music for the game. It's like music as a game mechanic, which 
sounds like that's what this game is. Yeah, it's it's very heavily embedded into the actual gameplay. Yeah, and like of course you have your obvious go tos like Guitar Hero, um, Rock Bands. And there's a lot of dancing games where music's the core element. You gotta dance to. I think that's really cool, and those are the obvious ones. Um, and I think the Zelda series is sort of known. They sort of moved away from that in recent games, but with when Ocarina of Time came out, it was very well known for, oh, these songs you have to learn, you have to play on your little gamepad. Yeah, music themes were tied to unlocking things in the game, um, and they tried to carry that out with some of the later 3D games as well. I think that's that's awesome, and I was trying. I wanted to ask you guys if you guys saw that in any other games. Like you just brought one up, George, but um, I think that's that's a pretty unique thing they did. I don't know. It's specifically so cool in Ocarina of Time because playing music is like a mini game in a way, mm-hmm. but you always carry around your ocarina and you have the ability to play the songs at any time. So it's like part of your the characterization of your avatar or your link is being a musician, which for me is just cool because I just have that bias anyways. But in terms of a mechanic, there are all these hidden things in the world when you're out exploring. It's like parts of a melody are etched into a wall or there's a platform that you... You kind of remember it was linked to a different place where you played a certain theme and then you stand on it and play that and then it works and it does something really cool and you get rewarded for remembering the song and tying it to something else. Um, it's just, it's a, it's almost like a, you're carrying around a tool that you use for puzzle solving that you can activate at any time and you're having to use your deductive faculty to figure out when it's appropriate and having to like granted you can just look it up really quick in the menu but you still have to perform the song it doesn't have to be perfect but you play them enough that like you start memorizing them i think some of the other games might have moved away from that music as a tool bit because i don't know if they know they they feel they can do that without shoehorning in but like spirit tracks that um 2ds game that I felt was like a spiritual su- successor to the your gamepad as your as an ocarina because you actually had to use the 2ds and like blow into it. Ah. <laughs> it took me a while to, a while to figure out how to do that properly without going red in the face. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like you had to move it sort of like a harmonica. It was very interesting. Um, That's cool. But like other games, like um, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, it's like there were certain moments you were supposed to like about the musical instrument and play a set tune. It's not like something you could do at any point. But in those pieces, they still tied the musical element, even though you couldn't just pull it out like a tool at any point, they tied it more strongly into the story. Like in Skyward Sword, the second half, or last third of the game, you have to collect different parts of a song to tie them all together into one theme, the hero's theme at the end. Um, that's That's pretty vital to the story yeah. same with wolf songs it's you know it's connected to character so another reason i'm disappointed with breath of the wild uh. <laughs> strong musical connection but yeah let's hope they bring it back I think a lot of games, if they can't use it as a mechanic, they use it as a reward. 
<laughs> so um, I always laugh at myself that I actually sunk some time into this game, but Tokyo Mirage Sessions is an example of. Mm, yes. There's plenty of games like so this out there, not just this game, but like those pop star music oriented games where they reward you for getting through the story with like music videos or, you know, full songs that the characters sing or dance to. And um, so, yeah, music can be used in different ways. Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> Also, side note, because the Super <laughs> Smash Pro uh, Direct just came out with that World of Light trailer where they they went full uh, Kingdom Hearts on us and decided to add a pop ballad to a existing Super Smash Bros. theme. It's that theme. They just added to it. They added lyrics on top. Colors weave into a spire of flame. Distant sparks call to a That's something they did in this Tokyo Mirage Sessions to the classic Fire Emblem theme. They decided to throw pop ballad lyrics on top. Oh my god, <laughs> so good! And uh, I'm sure we'll we'll play a little bit for you guys so you can enjoy that. Oh, you love it. So good. This was the last. This is like going to beat the big boss, right? <laughs> it's the Fire Emblem theme. It's at the base of it. It is. I don't know. It's pretty good execution. I'm into <laughs> it. I want to get on one of those Yeah, I dig it. You'll, you'll hear the hook coming up. Okay. It is a Got bit it. over the top. It and, is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but when you have a strong, like, from the 8-bit days, melody, a strong mm. theme, that you can go far with it. <laughs> so yeah. you can do a lot with it. <laughs> oh, please, God, let them never bastardize the Zelda theme song. Wait, they did this in, um... I mean, it was a, it was a new song, but with Mario, the Jump Up Superstar... It's hilarious to me. They're like, they're putting lyrics, and they're not even just like vague lyrics. They're, they're they sort of relate to each game. Yeah. Um, it's like, so wow, that's specific. I'm curious if they're <laughs> gonna release a full Super Smash Bro with your 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 woman lyrics over it. Um. <laughs> don't hold your breath. Uh, no, I I don't know. I think they could. I think uh, this is more common in a lot of Japanese games like you they do it in kingdom hearts they have that really famous song um final fantasy and um they do it in xenoblade games so it's just they're they're branching out <laughs> oh my gosh
So we're talking about the stereotypes the that games fall into of it's a snowy world, make it sound Nordic. It's a desert, make it sound Egyptian. We keep going back to those, there's more. Um, but uh, I was really interested when I was researching the Horizon Zero Dawn soundtrack because um, the composers, I'm just reading this verbatim, but the composers purposely uh, steered away from music styles that would be too similar to a real world ethnic musical style. This is supposed to be a world that's in the far distant future. Um, all remnants of history have been lost to the humans there now. Um, what's, they experimented with bows on a piano wire, resonator guitars with layered tracks of harmonicas on top of the ladder, and uh, they basically experimented with, when it came down to it, how would humans that don't know how to play instruments, given instruments, how would they like repurpose that instrument and play it? Like sure, they may figure it out at some point, but what interesting sounds that, you know, we, we know what a guitar sounds like, we immediately go to that, but like how would, how would someone play an instrument and presented it for the first time without yeah. any instruction? And I think that is something that's so awesome. Um, so they used a bunch of children to, like, here, do this. <laughs> children that got really good at it. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, yeah, well, what do you think of now? Like, children banging on pots, right? They can get some sort of cool sound of that out of that if they practice long enough. So I think this was fit really well with the overall theme of the game. Yeah. Um, I think this game is one of those that I really only think of one theme song for it like it's not like each area each character has an iconic theme it's like it's a lot of background music um it's good i didn't hate it but i i can't call it i would not be able to tell you what it sounds like off the top of my head but the main theme is really well done on the loading screen. It's one of those that if I pulled up the loading screen, it's just the title screen and it played over and over again. That's the one it is. And I think a lot of new games do that. They put a lot of energy into perfecting one awesome theme for that game. In your Nintendo games, you expect awesome themes for every level or every character. But I think a lot of other game companies just focus on one that theme they can play in the trailers and they can <laughs> blast at you over loading screens and title screens and you just come to associate that with the game. Which is not a bad thing as long as they come up with a really good strong theme. But. Well, I have not played this game, but I love that concept in approaching the music from the ground up considering the actual game the world. Mm -hmm. That's genius. I believe too, um, after reading more about this, it, there, there's like the main, if you had to separate the world and the characters, it would be like the environment, nature, the machines that inhabit it, and the, the humans. And each group has their own sound and feel that they keep separate, which is cool. Yeah, that's awesome. They did some of that kind of stuff with uh, Hellblade, uh, where they used a bunch of 
things that you wouldn't think like oh this how how would this be music um and they use like metal clinking together um to create like percussion elements and stuff like that in these weird like scrapes and stuff um that you know like you said fits the yeah. world really well but it's very different from like what you normally hear mm-hmm. yeah, how does that fit in that game why do you think they did it that way if you know anything about the game it is a trip down into madness and so things that you know should be familiar aren't familiar so it gives you an otherworldly experience is that the point yes and no there is a otherworldly element to it but it's its roots are in celtic and nordic lord mythology so it's got some of those vibes in it but the way that they go about creating the music is not i think in traditional ways does it work yeah cool freaking love the music that. let's go put our kids with some pots and pans on the floor see what they come up with. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk forever about all this stuff i just want to put this out there for people to go listen to on their own but the journey soundtrack and georgie briefly touched upon this earlier but if I had to categorize that soundtrack, you're, there's like a loose story there that you can interpret from you know, what you're seeing. They don't tell you anything really outright. The music feels like <laughs> your journey throughout the world. Um, but it, like you were talking about earlier about if it, the music's not necessarily tied to the story of the game, it's tied to the story of you playing. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. The music isn't really tied to a part of your journey. It's just like, it's that step back. It's that larger look down on your start to end point. And you can just, the music swells gradually throughout the game and your playthrough. And it's beautiful because at the end, when it loops back to the beginning, this game is very circular. Um, It beautifully transitions back to the starting point. It's like it's almost like the end and the beginning are yeah uh, the same they rhyme i think that's also what you touch on there is something that a whole a lot of people don't really realize and grasp is like the whole trajectory of game development itself is how will the player experience this how will the player interact in these different scenarios i feel like a lot of people you know like with the music is it's not always about like music in support of if there's a story great um but it's the story of what that person's gonna do and i think it's like really cool that with games nowadays it's a little bit of a slight deter all these other things happen in games that like the developers didn't originally intend for games that are more like open world and stuff like that is because of the unpredictability of the player and that's like really fascinating yeah yeah the music always sort of it's either on or off if they're breaking the game like I'm trying to think of if I've seen a broken game that's like the music's still consistent in the background. If it freezes and it just like goes like in a single note and it just goes <laughs> like the, the whole time. It's like you can break the game but you'll be tortured by the music. Right. Sure. There's also been like in certain games too that maybe weren't originally intended to, for it to be that way but there will be certain like musical cues that if you play them quickly like over and over again it sounds really funny. Like what? I'm trying to think of an example in particular. I can't think of one right now, but there there have been games where 
it's either a sound effect or it's a little like musical note that plays and if you like spam the button to like initiate that it sounds well i know people i see there's plenty of wind waker like <laughs> mashups of like they'll use like screams or the sound effects yeah. of him being exploded uh we'll cut them so they create their own <laughs> weird tunes that's what that's what the composer had in mind. Yeah, of course. That's what it was. And then you get musical remixes of all those too, if they become popular oh enough. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the internet's such a weird place. Anyway. Want to do examples of video game music done poorly? Yeah. In your banjo kazooie example of like infectious music staying in your head later, but you're okay with it because it's a good tune, right? The opposite can happen. Of you listen to something so much, uh, no, <laughs> and it's you know maybe one or two listens is fine, but you're forced to listen to it because it's a hub world or something. <laughs> Just makes you hate it so much i'd rather have blandness that i don't hate than something that just drives me crazy every time and it can really fortunately make you hate a game if it's bad enough i mean i go on about my love for the xenoblade chronicles series but there's one song that most fans call out as being utterly ridiculous and in xenoblade chronicles x is the new la theme and i think our listeners deserve to listen to a bit of it <laughs> to understand what I'm talking about. your main hub you get most of your side quests here you talk to most of the characters here you know if you're not out in the world exploring you're here so i don't put down the whole soundtrack i i do like a majority of the soundtrack it's an interesting mix of japanese english and german sounds like they mix rock with like sci-fi very eclectic sounding things like they just had fun making this it's not the worst one time by itself it's like okay it's like maybe if you're in a shop or something that's the shop's theme <laughs> but it's called new la or los angeles uh and i think they were trying to go for japanese composers trying to create a los angeles feel i guess this is what they came up with <laughs> i don't know oh man i th i think i'm really happy they decided to experiment with it you have a bunch of really interesting eclectic sounds. This just was one that didn't work. And unfortunately, it was in a hub world. Yeah, it's this is one of those, like, it didn't ruin the game for me. I still love the game. But, oh gosh, I really hate this city, <laughs> which is unfortunate. You spent a significant amount of time there, yeah? Oh, yeah. That's mm -hmm. that's where your, your city crash landed on this planet. So that's your base of operations. So we've been talking for a long time about video game music. I think we're all pretty passionate about it so far. I don't think we've come out with a winner yet, but we'll have to save it for another time. We have a whole nother sheet of music that we want to talk about and really just 
hyper-focus on some specific tracks that we just think are awesome and we want to pick apart for your benefit, not for ours. Definitely not for ours. So uh, till next time, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>